0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. We are in part 10 today of our series through the book of Romans. We're finding clarity in the midst of the chaos in our world today. And we have been going section by section through the book of Romans. I hope you've loved this series. If you've missed any of them, you can check them out on YouTube, and uh, really it was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. We, we said that Rome is the opposite of Las Vegas. Las Vegas' motto is, whatever happens in Vegas, stay, and, that, and that ain't true, by the way. But Rome is the opposite of Vegas. In other words, what happened there went all around the world. And so Paul wrote a letter with the theological ramifications of the life of Jesus and showed us what is possible because of Jesus' sacrifice and when that letter that letter's now gone all over the world and it's really a letter packed full of doctrine that's why we've been taking it and really figuring out what does it mean for our life and how does it apply to our life i've been giving you i am statements and um, it's been a great series so far we're in romans chapter 12 today and this statement starts with this word therefore why is it there we are realizing it's therefore because it's showing us all that christ has done all that he did for us on the cross All that we're given now when it comes to idea of living righteous and living by faith and experiencing his his spirit, living now on mission as we talked about last week. He says, therefore, because of that, and he gives us a major, major assignment, and I want you to see it. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, where are my brothers at in the church today? Weak, weak, weak. I said, where are my brothers at in the church today? I like that. Where are my sisters at in the church today? I like that. There you go. It covers this all right there. Brothers and sisters. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. He says, this is your true and proper worship. So now he's going to tell us what it means to worship. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will i don't know about you i want to know what god's good pleasing and perfect will is for my life and so how do we figure that out we figure it out by understanding our new assignment our new identity and here's your 10th i am statement for the roman series i want you to write it down it's i am a worshiper i am a worshiper we're going to talk about worship today and we're going to end the service in a few minutes with some worship and we're going to do communion together so don't rush off together today. And if you're at home, I want you to grab some elements. We're going to partake together in just a few minutes. The world experienced a pretty massive scandal over the last few weeks that I believe needs to be addressed. Um, After years of chaos and disappointment, people by the millions decided to take matters into their own hands and do something about it. Many of them were willing to wait in line for eight hours, sacrifice what they needed to sacrifice to make, make the change happen. And the results were brutal. Systems were crashing as people tried to participate. Widespread fraud that's being exposed. Despite their dedication to those involved, the results were less than what everybody expected. It would even seem like there was dark money involved. Uh, The whole system was needs reformed, and I I think it needs to be safe and more secure. And of course, what I'm talking about is the pre-sales for Taylor Swift's (laughs) 52-day tour across the United States. (laughs) What else did you think I was talking about? (laughs) I was in overseas doing missions as I got these articles about the madness happening in the United States for Taylor Swift tickets. You guys are crazy. People were waiting eight hours to get a ticket And now the tickets I I heard were selling up to $22,000. And then I just got, someone wrote me on Instagram between services and said, no, there's tickets now being sold for $95,000. $95,000 to see Taylor Swift. Now, 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 listen, I'm not hating on Taylor Swift because if you have an extra ticket to the Tampa concert, I'm open to going, all right? I'm not going to deny it. But it's the moments like this that we have to understand we are created to worship. (laughs) There's something that's driving us to worship. There's something that drives us to give that much attention and that much money to something. And the reason why is because we're created to worship. Here's what worship is. Worship is to ascribe worth or value to something. And the issue is not are you worshiping, are you not? Are you ascribing value? It's what are you ascribing value to? What are you worshiping in your life? What is getting that attention? What is getting that, that focus in your life? Because we're all created to worship and we will all do crazy things when we decide to worship something. We will. Ladies, you're scrolling on your, on your phone and that Instagram ad pops up for those shoes and how did they know you wanted those shoes so bad? There's a reason they knew, by the way. But you, you sit there and you go, oh, man, I just got to have them. And you picture yourself with those shoes on. And, and then you look at your budget and you go, I just don't, I can't really afford it. And, and I know we said we're taking a break from shopping, but, but these I've got to have. So you learn, learn to move some money around and figure it out how you can be sneaky enough to get the shoes. What is all of that? That's worship. That's worship. You're ascribing value to something what would what would draw what would be the behind the scenes of bringing a man to bring himself to the point where he removes his shirt and paints his body in such a way to celebrate a football team that he doesn't know anybody on that field at all <laughs> what is that that's worship that is ascribing value, worth to something we're created to worship. But I want you to understand this: write down your notes. We were created to worship God. Yeah, yeah. All of those desires, all of those cravings inside of us to put worth to something, to put value to something—all of that was cre- was put inside of us because we're called to put to bring that value to God, to bring our worship to Him. The Bible says it this way in First Peter: it says, "But you talk about us as Christians." are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So why did he save us? Why did he bring you out of that lifestyle? Why did he plant you in the church? He tells you it right here. Ready? that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light god did not save you so you attend church he did not save you so you put a fish on the back of your car he didn't save you so you wear a christian t-shirt he saved you so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light you're created to worship god So what does that mean for us? Does that mean we walk around all day and we're just singing radiant worship songs all the time or singing in the KJV all the time? Like, please don't. That's that's not what it means to live a life of worship. Paul tells us what the description of worship is, and I want to help you with it today because I want you to see it right there in the passage because he makes it very clear. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And he says, this is your true and proper worship. We're going to talk about what does it mean to have true and proper worship? What is true worship? So let's break it down. Three things I think it'll help you today. Number one, first of all, true worship is a response to the love of God. It's a response to the love of God. Look how he says it right there in the passage. He says, in view of God's mercy, you worship. So you don't worship out of requirement. You worship out of a response to God. When your relationship is built off of a requirement, it's no fun. It's no joy. That's not where worship is. When you ascribe value and worth, it's out of when it's, when it's a response to the love, to the excitement of what has happened in that relationship. That's where real worship is. I think of Katie and I. We've been married for 12 years now, and I think we're professionals now in 12 years. And so... But there's there's requirement seasons, okay? Y'all know the requirement season. So that's Valentine's Day. That's your anniversary. That's like the season, like you have to get each other the cards. And those for us have never been like exciting. It's like you get the card and you're like, oh, here's your card. Okay, here's your card. Great, we love you. We're going to be married for life. Which, by the way, men, don't forget that one. You need that one too, all right? So, so don't skip over those. But those don't... Um, Bring about the love and the excitement like, like the Tuesday morning text message. You're just going, hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you right now. Come on, even, even yesterday, I, I said, hey, I said, I said, sermon's done. Things are good to go. You want to go on a date tonight? She was like, really? I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's go on a date tonight. It was a great night. Not only that, you know, you got the idea. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> That's funny. What? Listen, listen, that's real worship is out of a response. It's not of a requirement. And when we come to God, we're not coming in be like out of duty going, all right, it's Sunday morning. I got to go and worship again. Oh man, I got paid. I got to give again. No, 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 no. The Bible says we love, we worship. Why? Because He first loved us. Yeah, yeah. It's out of response. We're looking at how great his, his love for us is. And when we see that, when we get another glimpse of his love, we're so blown away and all we can do is respond and go, I'm just going to worship him with our life. I'm going to give him my life because he's done so much for us. Yeah. The scripture is talking about how there's these creatures around the throne of God. And they're circling the throne of God. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And they're doing this for eternity, circling it around the throne of God. Holy, holy. How can you worship the same thing for all of eternity and say the same thing over and over again? Here's my, my theory on it. My theory on it is that every time they get around the throne of God, they get a new glimpse of how good God is and how big God is. And because of that, when they see the perspective of how good God is, how much he loves us, their response is oh, wow, he's worth even more worship. He's worth even more of our praise. He's worth even more of our time. Wow. And they keep doing it for eternity because that's how great God is. Write it down your notes this way. Worship is easy when it is response to God's love. So if you're worshiping because your mama told you to worship or your dad told you to worship or or because it's just the tradition you grew up in, that's where worship becomes boring and becomes mundane. But when I come into a service like this, it's never boring and mundane because I remember who Aaron Burke used to be. I remember where where I, sh- I know where I should be. I know the issues in my own life and I look at how good my God has been and how great the miracles I've seen in my life and I can't sit there like this anymore. I have to celebrate him. I have to worship him because he's been good to me, church. So you've got to remember God's been good to you. And when you're in those moments, you're going, well, I just don't feel like worshiping. Who cares? By the way, our worship is not dictated by how we feel. It's dictated by how good he is. And he's been good to us no matter how you feel. Because my worst day as a Christian is better than my best day before I knew God. So I'm going to remember it. And I'm going to celebrate it. And in view of God's mercy, I'm going to come in and I'm going to worship him. It'll change how you worship. That's how you'll have true worship. Let's keep going. Ready? He says it like this. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, and then he tells us to do this. He says, now offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship. Not only is it a response to God's love, number two, true worship is costly. He says, your worship should be a living sacrifice. It's going to be something that costs you something. It's going to be something that's hard. That's that's why I don't buy into the, well, I just didn't like that song. Who cares? This song wasn't written for you. You're not, you're not the object of focus in the song. You know what, if you don't like the song, it's probably good that you sing it even better and, and harder. You know why? Because now it's actually costing you something. Well, I don't, I don't like the flow of that song. Who cares? You, you, you make it flow because you're now offering to God something that costs you something. I, we got it too comfortable in our American Christianity that it's all about us. It's not about us, it's about Him. It's about His glory, it's about His honor. So we're going to offer God something that cost us something. The Bible tells us David, who was you know, the, the guy that killed Goliath and became king over all of Israel, David ended up doing something that was dishonoring to the Lord. So there was judgment that was going to be poured out on Israel and because of his disobedience. And so David pleaded with the Lord to please don't, don't, don't let this happen. And the Lord said, okay, well, you need to offer a sacrifice That'll, that'll basically cover the, 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 the disobedience and the issue that was going to happen for Israel. So as he goes to offer a sacrifice, he goes to this guy's house and, and he goes there and he says, hey, I, I need to get your land so that I can build a place to offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. And the guy that owned the land says, no, no, you don't need to buy it. I'll give you the land. You sacrifice to God on the land. And here was David's response, 2 Samuel 24, 24, look at this. He says, but David replied to Aaron, no, I insist on paying you for it. Why? He says, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. He says, no, I'm going to go to the Lord, and I'm going to bring him something that costs me something. I'm going to get a little uncomfortable. It's going to get me out of my comfort zone, because that's what true worship is is and when true worship for you is about i'm singing the song i want to sing on the time i want to sing it for the amount of length i want to sing it to then that's my version of worship i'm going to say if it doesn't cost you something it's not real worship it's not real worship so let let me just tell you how we worship ready we worship god with our time because it takes it's a sacrifice to give god your time time is your most valuable asset that you have most valuable asset so whatever you give your time to the most is what you're worshiping. Yeah. So a lot of you, that's why you're giving, you're giving so much of it to, to, your, to your job or so much to social media or so much to, to your friends. And you're giving your time to all these things. And I would challenge you, how much of the Lord, how much of your time does the Lord get? Like how, how much of it is, is the Lord's? You go, well, I, 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 I carve out, you know, 70 minutes on a Sunday morning. And, and I, let me just say this, I do celebrate that. I do celebrate in a world that has put church attendance on a back burner that you said, no, my worship will not be something that costs me nothing. I will make sure that I get out of my bed. I'll get my kids ready. We might argue the entire way there. They might not have matching socks, but we're showing up to church because church is a priority because God gets my time the first part of the week. It's a big deal. But it can't be the only time you give to the Lord every single week. We got we got to we got to worship God. That's why I celebrate our dream team. Our dream team's the best team in the world. Yeah. And what are they doing? They're not here because they're looking for some position or some 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 step above everybody else. No, they're here because they're saying, "I'm honoring God with my time." Yeah. Yeah. You, but people ask me like, "You're telling me people come in and serve from some some of our locations. It's like 5 or 6 in the morning." Yeah. They're showing up They're getting there early. They're setting up at at portable campuses and high schools and different facilities, and they're practicing, and they're running wires, and when you ask them why they're doing it, they're not going to do it going, oh man, I'm doing it, I've just, it's just what I've always dreamed of doing at five o'clock in the morning. No, they're living a David life. I will not offer the Lord something that costs me nothing. I'm going to let it cost me something. I'm going to let my Christianity be something that costs me something. Not not because I'm buying my way into salvation. You can't do that. But once you get saved, you need to live a life that's marked by sacrifice. It's got to mark our life. And that's why we give our time to the Lord. So if you're not part of our dream team, go to Next Steps today. Be part of what God's doing in the church. You go, well, it's going to take my day off. Great. How much more of a sacrifice to offer to God? Something that costs you something. Say, God, I'm going to give you my time because you're worthy of it. But don't just give him your time. Give him your talent. Because God has uniquely gifted you with some kind of purpose and some kind of talent and he's designed you in such a way that that talent is to be used for God's glory. And it can either be your superpower that God uses for, your glory, for his glory, or it can be something that you end up using for your own gain and your own worship and your own advancement. Whoa. You're using it for one of the two because you know that God's uniquely gifted you some way. Yeah, so, so much. And, and, and I would just challenge you, use your talent for the glory of God. That's what I love about our worship team. I love our worship team. I love seeing Radiant Collective up there. And I'm going, thank God that every single one of them that could be out singing every different place and getting all these different gigs, they're using it for God's glory. None of, those, none of those musicians are up there for some gig. They're not getting paid to be up here, by the way. They're, they're up on those stages because they're going, this is my way of taking my talent and using it for the glory of God. Amen. And I, I'm just so grateful. I look at them all the time and I go, thank God that they're using their talent and I don't have to fake it trying to use a talent that I don't have. To lead people in worship. Because you would run out of this place so quick. It would be a disaster. I go through our Radiant Kids rooms, and our Radiant Kids teams are the best in the nation. They're serving your children and speaking God's word over them and and leading them in worship. And they're having these moments, and I go through those rooms, and I go, thank God they're using their talents. And thank God it's not me. Because if it was me and your kid, it would be me and your kid duct taped in like VeggieTales. That's it be a terrible experience but we're using their talents for the glory of god yeah, yeah. yeah i i love i love our greeters and those those that are on our, get, our our like guest experience teams and their hospitality teams you walk in it's creepy how nice they are come on is it not real like you're like you can't really smile that much and they're just like <laughs> like man you're so happy and they, they they could be you know doing that kind of world. They could be doing anything. They could go. I'm I, I like to host. I like to do this. I like to make people feel loved. But I'm going to use it for a greater purpose. I'm going to use it for the glory of God. So use it for your, your for God's glory. I remember saying this to a guy one time, and he goes, "Well, I don't have any of those talents. I just make a lot of money. That's my gift." I go, well, if God's given you the gift of getting, he's given he you the gift of giving, and there's a reason God's put it all in your hand so that you can use it for the glory of God and to build his kingdom. Yes. So give the legacy. You got to be the glory. Yes. Don't, just, don't just honor God and worship him with your time and your talent, but do it with your treasure too. Money is the great revealer. Yes. People sit there and they're all frustrated. We didn't win the lottery when it was $2 billion. And you had this whole list of all the things you would do. You know, I'd leave that person. I'd never talk to them again. I, and you know what that is? That list is really who you are. <laughs> wow. well, because who you are, it's like, man, if I got a bunch of money, I'd really do this. I'd tell them who, what my mind, well, that's who you really are. Yes, let me tell you, money doesn't change us. Money reveals the issues in our own life in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's what I've realized is you show me your checkbook. I'll show you who your God is. Because really, where you spend your money, (laughs) that determines who your God is. And and listen, I'm not against spending your money on fun things. Go on vacations, buy the boat, invite your pastor on the boat, let's have a good time. (laughs) But the boat can't be your God. The boat can't get all your attention. The boat can't get all your time. The boat can't get all your money. Listen, I'm all about it. But you better make sure you've been honoring God first with your tithe. You've been giving above and beyond. You've been figuring out missionaries to support. You're doing all this stuff, And then you have all this extra and you're going, what do I do with it? I guess God wants me to buy a boat. Great. Then let's go on the boat. But the boat's not your God. He's your God. Let's celebrate him and honor God with your finances. Proverbs says it this way. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Like, in other words, if God's blessed you, then you you make sure you give it to God first. That is why we are a tithing culture. We believe that the first thing you do is you give to God first. You say, God, you deserve the first 10% of what I have. And, and now, this is foreign to so many people because so many people are like, how do, I don't understand how to make that happen financially. Let me just say, the Bible says that you should test God in the tithe. In other words, when you tithe, you honor God and say, God, I'm going to give you the first, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to trust you and believe you that the 90% with your blessing will go further than the 100% without your blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and I'm telling you, I don't know how it happens, but there's always two categories of people that I always meet. The first category of people say, I, I wish I could tithe, but I just, I'm, too, I'm not blessed enough. I'm too broke to tithe. And then the other category of people say, that tithe, they go, I'm just so blessed. You'll never meet a tither that doesn't say they're blessed. They're just always blessed. Now, now, here's the thing. If you give God your first 10% for the rest of your life and he never blesses you, he's still worthy of it. Yes. Can I say that again? Yes. He's still worthy of all of our finances, all of our sacrifice, all of that, because what he did on the cross was enough yes. for us to say, God, if you told me to do this, I'm going to be obedient because of the salvation you gave me is worth it all. If you've never honored God with your giving, let me just challenge you this. We do this every so often in our church. We do what's called a 90-day tithe challenge. And it's right there in your sermon notes. You can scan that QR code. It doesn't commit you to anything. What it does is it says, I'm going to take the next 90 days, and I'm going to get my life in order, and I'm going to put God first, and watch when God is first in your life, that now it is a step of faith to trust him, and watch how he'll move in the rest of the 90%. And I'm telling you, it's a sacrifice. It's tough. Over these 90 days, I'll give you some resources, and I'll send you some emails to help you in this process. But I get to hear the results every single time. Of people that go through the 90 day tithing challenge to say, I started it, it transformed my life, God is first in my life. And not only did it affect my finances, it affected my marriage, it affected my kids, it affected every other of my life because I'm telling you, when God is first, the rest is blessed. It's what happens in your life. So, so it's worship. That's why giving is not a requirement. You, we get this weird. We go, oh, it's just a requirement. No, 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 it's not a requirement, it's a response. I, when I give to God, the 10%, every two weeks I get paid, it's my worship to the Lord. Yeah. I bring it to him, go, God, this is worship to you. I'm celebrating you. And if you do nothing for me, it's okay, because you've already done enough on the cross for me. Yeah. Yeah. You're worthy of my worship. Yeah. We worship God. Give him something that costs you something. Yeah. Worship is costly. Let's, let's continue going. We're almost closed. Look at this last part. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And look how he continues it. So do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. So he says, hey, this is true worship. And by the way, true worship continues and it says, and now don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. So let's close it out. True worship, it's a response to God's love. It's costly. And number three, true worship is a lifestyle. So it's not just what you do in here. It's how you act out there. It's not just what you say to God. It's how you speak to your spouse. It's not just how you show up on Sundays. It's how you show up on Tuesdays to your workplace. The Bible says it this way. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Yeah. Yes. So there's too big of a gap between how many of you act in here and how many of you act out there. And there's a Sunday version of you and there's a thursday or friday night version of you that are drastically different and you think the sunday version of you brings worship and i want to present to you today that god deserves not just your sunday version he deserves your friday version and what you do on friday night should be as much worship as what you're doing on sunday morning it's better preaching than you're responding but i'm getting i got you Because here's why, because worship, your worship to God isn't something you do, it's everything you do. Boom. Right there. And I want you to understand that because it's everything that we do in our life should be as unto worship unto the Lord. So we live in such a way that we say, God, I want to bring you worship, but I don't want to just do it through a song. I want to do it through my life. Your marriage should bring worship to God. Your job should bring worship to God. Your attitude should bring worship to God. Your excellence should bring worship to God. Your finances should bring worship to God. Your driving. Okay, well, let's forget about that one. You got the idea. Everything we should do should bring God worship because we're doing it as unto the Lord. I loved it. I loved it when I got my first job at McDonald's. I worked so hard. I mean, I loved it. And I remember going, going man, it's such a big deal because I knew this principle. Because I wasn't working for some manager. I was working for God. Yeah. So you go, well, they don't treat me right. And they, I'm going I'm to give them the effort of what they're paying me to do because that's a, then you'll always miss out. Because yeah. you have thought, you've believed a lie that your boss is who will promote you. And that's a lie because it's God that'll promote you. So I'm not, I don't care if they're a bad boss. I don't care if they're underpaying you. Here's what you do. You give it your best. You give it your all. You serve with all your might, because you're not working for earthly masters. You're working for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's worthy of our best worship and our best performance and our best excellence in everything we do. Hebrews 13 says it this way. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually. How often should we worship? Continually. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It's gotta be a a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess His name and do not forget to do good and to share with others. In other words, do good in the world. Do do your part. Love other people. Do this to other people. Why? Why? Because for this such sacrifice, God is pleased. How is he pleased? He's pleased when we're living out there, doing what God has called us to do. Loving people, caring for people. And we're going to close it out. Y'all got one more minute? One more minute? Are y'all okay? One minute. I thought about this. In the book of Hebrew, I mean, the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, it calls worship a coat. I thought this was weird. A garment, a jacket. It says, it says it like this, it says, it says, he's given him a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. It's this idea, and it's all throughout the Old Testament, this idea that when you're in a season of despair, a season of frustration, he says, your solution should be worship, praise. So then I started thinking about it, why would he call it a coat? put on a coat of praise and I thought about it. And I go, what does a coat do? Well, a coat, all right, I got my coat here. Let to try this. When it's cold outside and some of y'all put on your coat for the first time this year, today. A coat's very interesting because when it's cold outside or it's rainy outside, you put the coat on and the coat doesn't change the weather. He says, you put on a garment of worship, but I always thought the, the worship should change the weather. But he says, no, 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 when you put on the garment of worship, here's what it does. It doesn't change the weather, it changes you. So it might be rainy out there, but when I put the coat on, it's not rainy in here. It might be cold out there, but when I put the garment on, I'm not cold in here. This is what worship does in your life. Listen, when you're in a season of despair, you're in a season of frustration, hey, don't run from God, run to God, put on worship, put on praise, and what happens is your environment might not change, but you'll change. You'll see God's blessing in your life, you'll see him come into your life in a super natural way and i think there's a lot of people right now you're frustrated come on stand your feet right now let's offer god a sacrifice of praise let's come to him right now in the midst of our pain in the midst of our trial in the midst of our discouragement and we say god we put on a sacrifice of praise we worship you god not just with our lips but with our heart and our time in our talent in our treasure we will offer ourselves to you come on let's worship one more time let's do
1: it
0: house today a group in the room and it's those who don't have a relationship with God I want you to know God loves you and has a plan for your life but it's our sin our sin has separated us from God and you you, you can't sack your way, sacrifice your way to salvation the good news is the sacrifice has already been paid that's why Jesus came lived a sinless life died a horrific death for you and for me but he didn't stay dead he rose again three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Because he overcame, you can overcome. So what is your response? Your response is just to surrender. Say, God, I give you my life. I give you my pain. I give you my past. I give it to you. And I believe God will meet you right there in your seat. If that's you today, and you go, Aaron, I'm not living for God, but I want to. I'm not where I need to be with God, but I want to be. I want to give Jesus my life. On the count of three, I want you to raise that hand. Wave it at me. Put it right back down. Ready? One, two. Three, come on, throw that hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you. So many people. Thank you at all of our locations right now. Just wave it at me, put it right back down. Thank you, thank you. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, today, I give you my life. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Big deal. Let's all grab those communion elements. Our team is walking through the aisles right now. If you did not get one, just raise your hand, wave it at me, we'll help you out. We'll make sure we get it all at all of our campuses. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he instituted communion as a way for us to remember how good he's been, to remember the sacrifice, Remember, we started this whole thing with how do we worship? We worship in view of God's mercy. So many times we just have to look back at how good God's been. And we're going to remember it. So we're going to start with the, that little cracker on the top. So you'll peel back that top layer. Grab that piece. And I just want you to just remember, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is, this is going to represent my body. My body is going to be broken for you. And I want you to eat a remembrance of this. I want you to think about it. his physical body was physically broken for you on the cross. Beaten, crown of thorns went on his head, his beard ripped out, why? His body was broken so that all of our brokenness can be healed. Lord, I pray right now for people who are broken in their body, broken in their mind, their relationships are broken, their hearts are broken, would you heal them right now? I even pray right now, supernatural miracles to happen in our church of healing. Lord, people that are sick in their body, heal them right now. Cancer, be gone in Jesus' name. People that have been battling, Lord, uh, when it comes to depression, when it comes to diabetes, Lord, I pray healing in Jesus' name. People that walked in with chronic pain, let them walk out totally free from that pain in Jesus' name. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed. Let's eat together. Same night that jesus was betrayed, he took the the juice and he said that's going to represent my blood shed for you on the cross we don't we're not make the sacrifice anymore for our salvation jesus did and his blood is enough to forgive us both past present and future to god be the glory lord we thank you for the fact that our sins are forgiven we do not walk around with shame or guilt there's not no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus So we thank you for the sacrifice you made on the cross. We will live our life forever worshiping you because of what you did. Let's drink together. We'll collect them on the way out. But one more time before your location pastor comes and give you some final instruction, let's worship God one more time. Come on, make it an anthem today.
1: Come on, sing with us, church. You're
0: listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at wearradiant.com.